while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Uh, thanks for joining me this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. So we've been talking about the Ash Street closure. Someone said Shane seems a little dramatic in the app chat message. Uh, William from New Bedford. All right, so just to recap uh, the conversation, if you're just tuning in now, I talked to a bunch of New Bedford city officials uh, today, um, just either through text or on the phone uh, or through uh, communications, um, you know, through communication staff, about their response to Haro's closure on the Astrid jail on the Astrid jail. And one uh Burgo had, had pretty much a resounding rebuke of the Astrid jail. I'm gonna read it again because I, I enjoy it. Enjoy the commentary. I'm looking forward to the day that House of Horrors is closed. Going on 135 years with little to no updates, Lizzie Borden had better accommodations than those being held there today. I'm thankful to Sheriff Hero uh, for taking the necessary ship steps to ensure our criminal justice system lives up to its actual name. We must remember that someone's punishment for a crime is simply a loss of freedom, not a loss of dignity. I believe this is the right move, not only for your mates, but the staff to not have uh, not have to work in such a deplorable building. I don't think it's... Someone said that's dramatic. I don't think it's dramatic. Uh, I think it's... Um, I don't think it's dramatic. I think it's, I think it's, I think he makes a lot of good points, right? Uh, A building that's 135 years old is not ideal, is not optimal for habitation, right? It's not. I mean, you can make updates to historic buildings. They can be pretty good. Like, you know, Town Hall, Fairhaven Town Hall is a historic building, and a uh, and New Bedford City Hall is a historic building, right? Those are all really old buildings. But first of all, they've been gotten a lot more attention than Ash Street has. And second of all, people don't live there. <laughs> people don't live in those buildings. 
They don't live there, right? It's the difference between working there and then having to live there. Um, we have heard some horror stories. Uh, you know, when I was an attorney, I heard some horror stories at Ash Street. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's, um, I, I don't think it's dramatic at all. Uh, you heard Ward Five City Council Scott Lima says he, he believes that they're gonna, it's gonna be closed at some point. It has to, right? It can't go on forever. And. You know, uh, the state legislature, again, I think this is like in terms of $10 million. So, you know, those concern that Mary Mitchell brought up in terms of $10 million, it's, you know, how that's going to affect capital projects, New Bedford. I think this should be a, something the entire Bristol County delegation should be involved in, which, again, doesn't include just Dartmouth and New Bedford and Fairhaven and Fall River, because I know the southern part of the county is where a lot of the population centers are. So a lot of people just think of this area when we're down here. It's because we're down here, right? So we think of the things that are closest to us. But Bristol County is a lot bigger than that. It, it, it stretches from down here up to Taunton and Raynham and Norton and Easton, <clears throat> Attleboro, obviously. We know that because uh, the sheriff is now from Attleboro. Attleboro and North Attleboro, right? Those, All of those state reps and state senators that represent all of these areas should be involved in that conversation. So it shouldn't just be, oh, a New Bedford expenditure, right? It should be a Bristol County expenditure because essentially it's four and even beyond that, right? If they're going to maintain regional lockup, if we have people from Plymouth County, if we have police departments from Plymouth County, like Mattapoisett, Lakeville, Marion, Rochester, if they're using that, we heard some people, you know, uh, Adam Howe, the 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 inmate who had who had, uh, who had tragically, you know, committed suicide in, in Ash Street, he was from Truro. So, frankly, it isn't even a conversation that's just for the Bristol County delegates. It's for Plymouth County, too, probably. There's people, I remember actually Sheriff Hodgson, when he was on with us, said that there's people from Plymouth County that hold... Hold uh, ask, hold some people at Ash Street in regional lockup. So Plymouth County delegates should be involved in this too. It shouldn't just be. It shouldn't just be Bristol County. It, it, so it not only should just be all of Bristol County involved in this conversation, it should be Plymouth County too. And when you expand that, when you expand that coalition, if this is a significant need for surrounding police departments, if this is something that needs to be done to make corrections better for the county, then I think having that broad base, one, I think they should because it impacts everybody, and two, then it just doesn't become a New Bedford expenditure or a Dartmouth expenditure, right? It becomes a bigger expenditure for the entire county, even though those it's going to impact those two towns, it's going to impact those two towns. It's going to have a broader impact on the entire county, which, again, is a lot of people. There's a lot of people who live here. Half a million, I think. Half a million people that live here. So $10 million to improve public safety for half a million people seems reasonable when you consider it's a 52 50 some odd billion dollar budget right to that point 
uh, you know, while these conversations are having, while they're starting, and it's good that they're starting early. It's good that Sheriff Hero, if he had an idea of closing Ash Street, which apparently he did, if he had an idea of closing Ash Street, it's good that he started the conversation early into his term. When or not only early into his term, but early into Governor Healy's term and early into the state legislature's, uh, early into the state legislature's session, so that these talks can happen. Uh, you know, so this the timelines I think match up pretty well. Um, so, I mean, Healy's already, the Healy administration has announced a $987 million, quote unquote, immediate needs bond bill designed to ensure that critical housing and economic development programs across the state can continue to serve people uh, of Massachusetts without interruption. So she announced that when she was uh, up in uh, Western Mass, I think, yesterday. So this includes, um, so it includes production and preservation of affordable uh, of affordable rental housing, public housing, climate resilient housing, and transit oriented developments. It also reauthorizes funding for city and towns, including tar- targeted funding um, uh, for rural and small town support, library support, development housing, and tourism and planning. So they said. Uh, Kim Driscoll said this legislation will prevent disruption to grant uh, grant programs that will directly benefit hundreds of local communities to take advantage of federal grant opportunities that will multiply and impact our resources. So it's called the Immediate Needs Bond Bill. And so it also carves out state matching funds. Uh, if Massachusetts officials jockey for federal grant dollars, uh, this is from Mass Live, by the way, um, if they if they. Um, Jockey for federal grant dollars tied to climate change and advanced manufacturing, broadband access, water, sewer infrastructure, and technology. So there's $110 million uh, for housing creation and preservation, $48 million to re- repair and modernize housing units, $400 million for mass works to support public infrastructure projects, $34 uh, $34 million for the underutilized properties program to redevelop blighted, abandoned, vacant buildings, $5 million for rural rural and small-town development uh, fund, and $1 million for community planning grants. There's also $104 million allocated for the Clean Water Trust, $52 million to support programs tethered to Commonwealth's innovation economy, and $9.3 million broadband infrastructure. That's a big, that's a big central and western mass thing is to expand broadband uh, infrastructure. And they filed a separate $400 million bond bill to fund municipal road and bridge improvements and projects, as well as the Chapter 90 grants uh, that, that would be dispersed over the next two years of the fiscal administration. So these two bond bills came, uh, they, so we're starting to see some meat on the bone in terms of where Healy and Driscoll's priorities are going to be early into their term. So when they talk about moving on from Mass Street, this is a, I mean, that's, that's a pretty significant, that's a pretty significant price tag and it's early into their term. So this isn't going to be the total of what they want to spend on these programs. This is just the beginning, 987 million. Now, I don't know how, how, how that can work going forward if this plan can be developed and maybe throughout this bond bill as it goes to the legislature maybe some members of the delegation can implement you know can earmark some funding towards getting the ash street relocation off the ground i mean one of the one of the things that they want to address is housing 
You heard Ward 5 City Councilor Scott Lima say, you know, anything other than housing for Ash Street doesn't seem like a logical or practical uh, way to move forward once Ash Street is shut down. So, so New Bedford is one of the more housing needing needy communities in the Commonwealth, right? And there's a lot of space there. There's a lot of room for, for additional housing in that neighborhood. So, there's an opportunity here, I think, with a new gubernatorial administration that is focused on housing. Now, this is going to be a little bit more, I think, heavy lifting than maybe some of the other housing projects that they want to fund. There might be some that are maybe closer to shovel ready. This is still very early in its infancy. But $987 million for an immediate needs bond bill. So that's things that are, again, probably a little bit more concrete. But maybe they can start, you know, with this spending bill. The legislature is going to get a hold of it. I imagine there's certain reps that are going to put earmarks into certain things. Maybe they can start beginning the process of getting funding for this project. Again, I think it it happened at an opportune time because the conversation happened at an uh, an opportune time. It started here on WBSM. It happened at a very opportune time. It was the beginning of Haro's term. He's starting a six-year term. It's the beginning of the legislature session, so they're starting their two-year term. But realistically, there's like a 90% re-election rate, so they'll be there for longer than two years. But still, you got to refile bills and all that. The beginning of more Healy and Kim Driscoll's term. So there's four years. You got you. So you got you know you you're starting at the very beginning of a lot of these new terms where there's enough time to start lobbying for stuff in a way that can have a more immediate impact. Chris Markey had said, you know, because Haro had said he he anticipates it's going to be three to five years. You know, he's going to think he thinks it'll be three years for this to get shovel ready and then another couple of years for it to build out. Um, you know, Haro was a state legislator for, you know, five, six years before he became mayor. He has, I think, a good handle on it, but... Um, but Chris Markey said he hopes it's sooner. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We got some calls in the line. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey Marcus, how you doing? Hey Tom, what's up? Well, the list that you just came out with, everything uh, in that list seemed to apply to the jail. If yeah. uh, you just imagined right now that um, the money was appropriated and the new uh, center was was redone. And now it's time to uh, do the housing, uh, uh, the apartment building at the jail. Every single one of those on that list would apply to Ash Street. Yep. So the, the fund, you're exactly correct. The funding and the timing is perfect, um, particularly with this administration that has mentioned housing as a priority. And now they're showing uh, what, what their, their priorities are. And that's just perfect for us. Cause when you look at that building, you know, I was just sitting there and I like to think about stuff. Uh, the gymnasium, for example, it's a big space. You could probably put 20 units just where the gymnasium is. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know the architectural, uh, end of all that. I don't know if there's asbestos in there and stuff like that, but there's certainly a bunch of recyclables, particularly steel. Uh, that, that can be recycled. 
Um, some of those artifacts, uh, what you were talking the other day, the screen doors could be sold. There's probably a million dollars worth of stuff that, that, that could go to market yeah. uh, on the second end of things. And certainly, certainly, I, I would uh, approach this now for architectural planning. Uh, I don't know if all those buildings are contiguous uh, with a uh, separate uh, uh, buildings uh, that were add-ons and, and stuff like that. But uh, I, I can envision 300 units there, you know? Yeah, and... and um and you know, like to the point of like artifacts and stuff. I think Lizzie Borden's bed frame is still there, so there's there might be some valuable stuff there for sure, um, in terms of things that are that are salvageable. But yeah, I think you could build. It's a it's a it's a sizable property, right? There's about there's about three hundred cell spaces there. I think right now, so three hundred people could live there now in those in those cell spaces. So you could build a, a significant amount of units. I think over there and have some really nice workforce housing. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh... It's something I, I, I know as a citizen, I'm excited about it. And mm-hmm. I, I got to tip my hat to the new sheriff. I, I, I really, I sat here listening to him and I go, this guy's a thinker. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. yeah and, and, and this is relatively quick. Uh, I don't know how, how much of that was uh, 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 thought of prior to all this or, or who was planning people uh uh, to come out with it the way he did, kind of shockingly, frankly. It was uh, very shocking at the moment. I'm like, whoa, whoa hold on. <laughs> you know, it, was, it definitely caught a lot of us off guard. Right, but when you look at the number uh, to do 300 units, what are you talking, 40 million, 50 mm-hmm. million dollars? Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what you're looking at. Uh, plus, you know, if a developer comes in, what about asbestos? All, all those things that that confront uh, developers on older buildings. The, the, the key to it, though, I think, is because it does have that National Register designation, that's an important piece. Little things like that that, that can uh, push us ahead of other competitive yeah. uh, folks. And also, yeah, it's been real good. I'm glad he did uh, open it up on your show. Uh, that's Me another too. good one for the show. And, yeah, that's great. Keep up the good work. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep, see you. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, I think he started the conversation at an opportune time. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. I'm listening to all this. I'm, you know, I'm new to it. Uh, I'm thinking it was in the pipeline anyway, no matter who the sheriff is, because it was something. Oh, no, Hodgson would not have, would not have, um, Hodgson was not going to propose shutting, shutting the, uh, Shutting the okay, asterisk down. I'll take your word on that. So it's not getting. There's no push from Boston to do this. It's really the power of the sheriff. Well, the sheriff so, is starting the conversation. He's starting to lobby the delegates. There's there is going to have to be some some uh, some help from Boston. Yeah, I would assume that uh, Ronald uh, Mariano, the speaker of the house, will be ready to gavel everything through. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the master used to do after he talked to the governor. And uh, well, anyway, long story short. Um, this is kind of like springing something on you, you know? So <laughs> it was sprung on. It definitely was sprung on us, for sure. I think so. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, what's the planning and the zoning board? What's the participation here in any comments, public comments? This is a big deal. Yeah. Big deal. There's going to be a lot of money thrown into this thing, developing it and uh, zoning and uh, access and everything. I mean, nobody even considered parking. Uh, you know, you're going to add all yeah. those units. And when are you going to park on top of each other? So there's yeah. a lot that hasn't been discussed publicly. So right now, right now, this is, this is like sticker shock. So we get absorbed to it, 
And then uh, we go along like lump spaghetti, just winders around the fork, political fork. So I, I think it's all in the pipeline. I do. I think there'll be other surprises down the line also. I hope so. Give but, us more to talk about. But I about. do believe that uh, the Sheriff Hartson, uh, uh, I think they would have put pressure on him to do this thing. Because something like this just doesn't pop up. Like, hey, guess what? It's just too, no, no, it don't go like that. And you know anything about construction, you got to line up your contractors. Yeah. This is a, poli- look, this is a political one-party state. But you think everything's on a level? That's a good point. I think you're right. I think it's a good I'm point. Right. I know I'm right. <laughs> I never bowled a 300 game in uh, ten pin, but it came damn close. <laughs> I knew it was Elaine and not me on that last ball. Of course it was. Absolutely. That's, that last pin standing. But you know, not really. Seriously speaking, I mean, uh, here we go again. Yeah. Here we go again. The, uh, the father's the last one to know. Mom is pregnant. He's the last one to know. <laughs> and. And uh, it's not right, you know. And and this is what I say. I think about, it's a good idea. I, I think it's a good. I think it's a I good policy. Why do you think it sucks? Because it's being done unilaterally. That's why. It's not. Be- How is it being done unilaterally? It's, it's nobody's had a say. Nobody's had this or that. It's just like with the methadone clinic. You think that's being handled fair and square? Not to get off the subject, but let's put the two together. It's like uh, they're running a parallel idea. Things are getting. How about Zoom calls when you don't need Zoom call conferences and stuff like that? Is that lazy or is it corruption? I mean, I mean, people got to have a voice. Yeah, I understand you got three minutes to speak, no matter if you pay taxes or you don't pay taxes. Yeah, but it's not. It's not unilateral. If if I mean, if there's enough people that are. It's, mul- it's multilateral. It? It's, mul- it's, multi- it's multilateral because you need you need the sh- the sheriff the you know the sheriff's coming up with the idea. The legislature is going to lobby the lobby it, which is you know it's a, a legislative body of two hundred people total, and then the governor is going to sign off on it. That is that is the definition of multilateral. That can't be That's unilateral. Just what I was going to say uh, the uh, sheriff doesn't sign off on this, but yet somehow he's the big player in this. So. I mean, the state does the have governor con- signs off. On the state it, does have opera. Uh, the state does have operational control over the uh, over the. Uh, sheriff's uh, offices, uh, like they not operational, but they do own the. Um, I think they do own the buildings. They do own the properties. That makes that's, that's something to consider. At the same time, I would say, what's the projected uh, the shovel in the ground on this? Um, is this just like the choo-choo train? Hero, th- you know, Hero thinks this thing with committees for like ten years. Hero thinks that that it'll, uh, it'll take like three years for it to 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 get off the ground. That's right. In three years, and he says he's going to stick around maybe six or 12 years. Mm-hmm. So that'll be his baby then, I guess, in the meantime. Yeah. So, well, and the long and the short of it is, uh, what, what's it, What's his idea of the communications truck? Is that still in existence? At, uh, the mobile command of? center. Is that you're talking about, the mobile command center? Yeah, it, he, it came to Taunton years ago and was very helpful. He's donating I remember it. Mitt Romney was governor at the time, and the dam was going to break and flood the city. Uh, a big section of uh, Taunton, maybe fourteen, fifteen thousand residents, directly going to be homeless. And, he's uh, donating the. Down. He's donating the command center to Taunton. And that communication center it was uh, had only been in a few years at the time, and yeah. it was one. Of, it was tremendous. Hartson was the leader of the gang. He had Romney going around like he had a ring in his nose. <laughs> with a rope like, a, like cattle. And Ted Kennedy was there standing on the rackety, uh, shaking at the dam, shaking, and Ted's walking on it. And, oh, this thing, and, and I couldn't believe it that Ted would do that, but he did. 
Yeah. Let's talk about a photo op. They've got a photograph from a helicopter. And I forgot the other player besides, oh, yeah, Mayor Nunes, Robert Nunes, who, uh, uh, side side story, we backed, he backed Deval Patrick before everybody knew who he was or whether he was black or white or anything. I went to one of the $50 plate dinners and I met Deval Patrick and, oh. you know, he's just a regular guy. So anyway, long story short, Bob got a big job left in mayorship. Yeah, you know, I guess he's still uh, in the bureaucracy now in Massachusetts, but he's a damn good mayor. Uh, and the thing is, is that uh, the communication center has so many uses. I, I was wondering if they're also going to have a task force. I don't, you know, so he's he's donating that that com, uh, command center back to the Taunton Police Department. He said uh, he had said that on the interview a couple nights ago, but again, it got, all got washed out by the. Um, it all got washed out by the the conversation on Ash Street, basically. But he's going to give that back. So we're going to talk to him more about, you know, because he always said he did say during the campaign that he thinks the sheriff does have some law enforcement um, uh, responsibilities, but it's not primarily a law enforcement job. And I think he wanted to sort of lessen the purview there. So okay, so yeah, I, I understand. It, it makes sense that he's going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. He, he wouldn't consider using his authority to maybe take one of the decommissioned fire trucks for a million dollars and sell it in another town for half the price, and then put something in. I didn't even know the, sh- I, did so the sheriff's office have the sheriff's office have fire trucks. I, I think I think that uh, he needs revenue somewhere to work on uh, suicide prevention. Right. I think he needs a pod with uh, high-risk individuals to be kind of put together with therapy. Yeah. Lots of professionals coming in. He may have some great ideas. We'll see. But this this real estate business getting involved like that, eh, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it stinks or it's a red herring. No, no I'm going to give the man a fair shake. But uh, like so many things, presentation means everything. This wasn't even a rollout. It's like, surprise! <laughs> it's true. And, uh, <laughs> then that it's, it's true. It wasn't, art, it wasn't really artfully surprise. presented. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I agree with I you. I got some good news. I got some bad news. Surprise! <laughs> Come on, people, you know? Yeah, it was very, uh, very casual. I said unilaterally. I thought anybody does that. It's kind of acting like their own uh, yeah. emperor. I, I it was it was very casually rolled out there, but hey, I got to hold you there. I got to take this break. I appreciate the call. Well, thank you very much. Of Bye-bye. course. Bye. Yes, I'm Marcus Farrow, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Yeah, so you know we were talking. You know, we've been talking about the closure of Ashtree, uh, the proposal to close Ashtree. It's a major conversation that Sheriff Farrow started. Um, got the ball rolling on the state delegation. He's invited. To, and I think some members, some local elected officials, he's invited to tour the Ash Street facility on January 27th. I know a lot of them are going there um, to 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 do the tour with him. And I think it's going to be a tour of the ICE facility and the Ash Street facility to sort of, you know, show them the the. I think broad strokes of what he what exactly he's proposing. So it's a Friday, January 27th. So I'll be able to go there and then I'll be able to come. Oh, it's a God, is it a week from tomorrow? Jeez. It's a week from tomorrow. My God. Okay. <laughs> week from tomorrow. Everything just sort of creeps up on you. We're already we're already almost we're already almost done with January. Can you even believe it? We're already almost finished with January. So um, you know, one of the things we've been talking about is that there is, uh, you know, Governor Healy filed an immediate needs bond bill that centers a lot around, um, you know, housing, 
uh, basically, you know, housing development. Uh, there's uh, a lot of it. There's a lot, there's like a separate four hundred and four hundred million dollar bill for Chapter ninety funding, which is infrastructure, roads, and bridges. So. Uh, yeah, four hundred million to fund roads and bridges over the next two years. C- cities and towns are seeking six hundred million, so it seems like that's her compromise point. Unless the legislature just, I mean, she's filing the bill, so it can go through the House and Senate, and there could be some, you know, through process, it could be uh, they could up the ante a little bit more. But right now, it's four hundred, yeah, nine hundred seventy million in immediate needs bond and four hundred million in Chapter nineties, uh, Chapter ninety bills. So this could be a situation in which they're trying to, you know, they. There could be an opportunity here with the with the state because uh, a lot of the things that she was talking about, um, such as like you know urban development and housing and all of that, that's going to be included in that uh, that immediate needs bond bill. Um, this could fall under that purview, right? Like uh, this bill proposes 110 million author and authorization to continue to support housing creation and preservation, including affordable rental housing production, re- rehabilitation, public housing, climate resilient housing, and transit oriented development. So, I think there's opportunities here because this is very early in our term. Just because like a situation like Astry isn't addressed now doesn't mean they may not be interested in addressing it in the future. I did reach out to, I reached out to just about everybody could but i did reach out to governor healy's office the day that that news broke i haven't heard anything yet i imagine i will at some point hear hear back from hear back from uh hear back from from uh healy's office because hero did invite healy to the january 27th tour he doesn't anticipate she'll be able to go but he hopes that she'll be able to visit the bristol county sheriff's office sometime in the in the in the near future to check out the facilities because he's ultimately going to need her to sign off on that expenditure. It could be more again. It could be ten million dollars, just a rough estimate. Hero was giving. It could be more. They do got to price it out. He wants to work with DCAM, which is the Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance, the state's uh, the state department that you'd have to work with um, for state projects like this because uh, Astry and the all of the um all of the county jail properties in the commonwealth are county they're they're not county owned pro- they used to be county owned properties so the county commissioners used to have purview over those properties but i think in 2009 the state decided um to take uh take control of the county jail properties so Astry is now it used to be owned by the Bristol County. It used to be owned by Bristol County and, and operated by the county commissioners. Now it is operated by. Now it is operated by the or it's owned by the states. Operated by the sheriff, Sheriff Hero, but it's owned by the state. So they're going to need the state to sign off on this. I think they said the major stakeholder in this is. Uh, John Darling said this yesterday. The major stakeholder in this is going to be the Massachusetts Department of Corrections because they audit the sheriff's office twice a year. They ultimately would have to sign off on anything. Uh, and, you know, they're the ones that set the regulations on, you know, how, new construction of uh, of cells, right? New construct, uh, you know, new, const- uh, new construction of cells, uh, you know, 
how big they have to be, what other uh, amenities need to be available when you're constructing new cells. There is a current moratorium, like Haro said on Tuesday, there is a current moratorium on state prison. Um, there is a current moratorium on uh, state uh, state prison, new state prison or new prison construction in the state. Right. But he said this is arguably this is not a this isn't new construction. It's arguably uh, a reduction, in fact, because what they're doing is they're not building new. It's not building new prisons. Right. It's retrofitting existing inmate space. So they're not building a new prison or even a new complex. They have inmate space that ice detention facility. Um was previously occupied by by um, by people awaiting process from Department of Homeland Security and Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And, you know, I'd ask Hero about that. You know, are you basically saying you're done with ICE? Because, uh, I mean, the ICE said they were done with the sheriff's office. But if that, you know, if there's because there's a new sheriff and all of that, and, you know, are you saying you're not going to take any 287G contracts? He said, I'm not looking for, you know, ICE hasn't, the federal government hasn't reached out to me for anything. Uh, I'm focused on operating the county jails. We've got a lot going on here, and I'm going to focus on that. I'm not looking to add any responsibilities that, are, you know, would be, um, you know, bequests onto them by the by the federal government, which I think makes a lot of sense. So the Department of uh, the, the 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 Massachusetts Department of Corrections is going to be the main stakeholder here in terms of you know evaluating the project and looking at the you know making sure that you know, these new cells can be constructed, how many can be constructed, how many can be constructed to those standards and all of that. So they're going to be one of the main stakeholders there. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take another break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. The biggest wife and the mother of two kids. And I've got a good job. Bye, Mom. See you, Mom. A pretty important job. Because of my family and my job, I really care about this neighborhood. It's a good neighborhood. Yes, there's some crime. And when I drive to work, like now, I realize that some people here don't trust the police. So the police should be reaching out to this community. And this community should reach out to the police. That's the way to make this a safer place. And when I get to work in the precinct house and put on my uniform, I can tell you as a police officer that this department is reaching out to the community. And the community is doing its part. We're building partnerships. This should be happening everywhere. This is how we can all be safer. Get involved. Start the conversation. Start the conversation and help stop crime. To learn the five things you can do, go to ncpc.org slash preventviolentcrime. A message from the National Crime Prevention Council and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Parenting is hard. Technology can make it harder. The family media plan developed by the American Academy of Pediatrics helps make it easier. Go to healthychildren.org forward slash media plan to create the media plan that's right for your family. Whether you make a full plan or just choose a few parts that matter the most to your family, healthychildren.org forward slash media plan is an easy to use tool that will help your family set media priorities and create healthy digital habits in line with your family's values. You'll also get practical tips to help make the plan work. And you can come back to revise your plan as often as you need to, like at the beginning of each school year or during summer and holiday breaks. 
Raising kids in the age of screens is easier when you have a plan. Go to HealthyChildren.org forward slash media plan and make your plan today. The voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast Tonight happens now on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome back. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. What's going on? Hey, not much. Just... What do you guys plan for tomorrow night? Tomorrow, Anthony Mori's coming oh. uh, on at seven o'clock. He's going to be on at seven o'clock. He's gonna he's going to be talking about the, um, you know, like the Brian Walsh case, uh, the the murder yep. case in Cohasset. Yep. He yep. was also, um, aside from being a suspected murderer, a uh, uh, an art fraudster. Mm. And Anthony Mori obviously is very experienced in art fraud and and crimes surrounding, uh, you know, fine art. So he wrote an interesting piece in the Boston Globe, and so we're going to talk to him about uh, about that that aspect. Of, so does he know this Walsh guy from Art Theft? I don't it? think he does. I think he just knows the case, I and, see. and I so see. he just wants to talk about you know um, art fraud in general. What makes uh, you know what makes uh, somebody uh, successful in art fraud and all I, of that. I see. I see. Yeah. And so he's your major guest tomorrow night. He is our major guest tomorrow night. Uh, will uh, Chris be coming back tomorrow night? I believe he will be. Yeah, I hope so, because when, when he's back, I know he's feeling okay. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, I talked to Chris today. He's he's, okay. he's feeling good, um, yeah. but he should be back tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I think he called into one morning show, too, and I think he uh, uh, made the comment that... Uh, I guess the old St. Mary's uh, orphanage there was called now the David Nelson Clinic. Yeah, he texted. Like uh, he texted Tim. Yeah. I was actually in a thread. Yeah. I was in that thread with Tim and, and Chris. We were in a group chat. He yeah, texted yeah. Tim. So yeah. I, it goes to show he was listening and uh, oh, yeah. and uh, staying current with all the things going on. You know, Absolutely. That sort of stuff, yeah. And uh, now, how about since that's been brought up, uh, who, who runs that now? Is that run by uh, uh, by the sheriff also, uh, the David Nelson Clinic there? Not to, to my knowledge, no, but I, I I I can't say for certain. Oh, okay, okay. I was wondering if if the the sheriff still had some uh, some contacts with that. I think at one time it was a juvenile detention area too, wasn't it? Uh, Hudson had it used it for that. Oh. Uh, Chris might know more than I do about that. Hopefully, okay. he can answer that tomorrow. Okay, yeah. okay, all right, all right. Well, uh, okay, that's all I can say, and just. Uh, you know, just uh, keep on remembering. Remember in November. That's all I can say. Uh, going back to the, uh, <laughs> to yeah, the tax thing, the, I, I the, hope the, the people don't uh, forget about uh, the Morad pay raises. Yeah, the well, it's going to be the Morad uh, Mitchell pay raises because they're going to go with this twenty-five uh, percent. Yeah, well, I mean, she leveraged her position yeah. because she knew Mitchell had to sign that whole package. So yeah. it's the Morad yeah. pay raises. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> well, you know. Again, uh, I, really, uh, the raise, even though it goes out to 25%, it's not going to affect my uh, hike in taxes, which is $400 for the year, you know, right. so it, it really won't have that. A lot of people in that same position. Yeah, 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 I know. It's uh, one of those things. What can I say? Tell me, what's the dog catcher in Fairhaven make? I don't know. I yeah. like him, though. He's a great guy. Well, yeah, um, I, I like uh, man, I've Manny, had him on the show. Manny but... Maciel, too, is a nice guy, too. And he, I think he went to, to Russia before in the Ukraine, uh, those, uh, 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 the area there of Chernobyl, yeah. and well, wild dogs were in there and stuff, and I think he was trying to rescue him, something like that. So, yeah, he's a good guy, too. But you should pay the position, not the man or the woman. Right. And Linda said, oh, we paid the position, not the man, Linda Morad. But she she was lying. She, yeah, that, she, li- she lied. She, she lied to... She lied to Tim and lied to all of you uh, about that. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to talk anything tomorrow night about the uh, Volk uh, 
selection in the. We can't. Uh, I mean, we can't. We can absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, uh, we can absolutely do that again. I'm going to have the superintendent on, hopefully, sometime next week. But I, I do like that conversation. It's really important. Yeah, the superintendent himself, Watson. Yeah, that's. I talked to his administrative assistant. Yeah, that's what she yeah. said. She said she'd uh, hopefully look at something next week, maybe the week after. But. I again, I think they're in a no-win position there, uh, as the mayor, being a former prosecutor, yeah. uh, knows that if they do make that a civil rights issue, uh, I don't see how a vote can maintain, you know, what they have now. And, I, I wonder what role Desi will play too with the new education secretary as well. Who, who's the new secretary? Do you know what? Pat, Patrick Tutwiler. He's a Lynn. Uh, he was a. He was a uh, he was the secretary of education in Lynn, um, which is a you know gateway city school. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I, I think uh, the mayor has uh, politically played all these things uh, very well, as far as uh, you know the. Uh, I think the, he's looked great lately. Yeah, he's looked. Yeah, uh, still, you know, he could tighten his belt though more and sharpen his pencil more and uh, look through his. Uh, his budget and see what positions he could tighten up a bit to bring the taxes down even further. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so he's, he's, he's skillfully played this politically. He has. It's hard not to agree, disagree with him on this, you know. It's such a, yeah, exactly. I, everybody universally is pretty aghast by the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to see, like I told you the other night, to see a contrite city council the other day, about, I'd say maybe five or six of them spoke, but the rest were all very silent, and mm-hmm. and they were in a uh, contrite mode. And uh, Yeah, except uh, for Linda. She complained about the media instead. Well, yeah, yeah. She, 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 she was a little bobbed there about it, but she said she yeah. did everything well, out in the open. entirely her fault. Anything. That's, uh, but it was entirely, concern. this whole thing, this whole conversation is entirely her fault. She's the one that proposed it, right? She's the one that proposed it, forced it through. Mm-hmm. And then she wants to complain about people complaining about it. Yeah. You know? Well, like I say, uh, uh, her defense was when I saw the uh, the meeting the other night on TV was that it was done, all done out in the open. We didn't try to hide anything and all that sort of stuff. So uh, even though uh, it doesn't look too good, I'm trying to give her her side of the story uh, yeah. As much as I she can. thought, she, she even though it was all done out the open, they thought they could slip it by you. Basically, they were counting on people not watching that uh, ordinance. Well, that's you meeting. guys. That's you guys and uh, exactly uh, New Bedford Light and Jack Spillane, and uh, I just hope you guys can can keep on keeping on, and uh, you know uh, don't don't get. Uh, you know, tired of this. I, I, I tend to feel you, you spend a little bit too much time on the, on the, uh, the, the Ash Street Jail. It's that, major breaking it, news that well, just it happened. Is, but it's, it's done, it's over with, and. It's not, it's just beginning. Down the road, they'll decide what it's to do. It's not, with. it's just beginning. <laughs> Literally just begun. But uh, we're going to talk about the more ed pay raises more, I promise you. Okay, thank All you right. very much. Of course. All right. All right. Bye. Thank hey, you. Take care. Bye bye. If you want to hear everything, 508 996 if you want to. Get a quick, like, 30-second phone call in. But that's pretty much our show for today. Thanks to Scott Lima, Ward 5 City Councilor, for calling and giving his thoughts on Ash Street. That is within his ward. Um, thanks to uh, John Robinson, um, the Ward 3 City Council candidate, one of seven. We've had them all on. And they're all going to call in on uh, on Monday, too, the night before the election. Uh, January 24th. January 24th. It's already here. It's already here. It's fast approaching. So, um, Tuesday, so we'll, we'll have a field of seven winnowed down to two and then February 28th will be the, uh, the date of the general, uh, the general election. So there should be a ward three city council seated by March 1st. Is it a leap year? Is there February 29th? I don't know. I'll have to check. So unless it's, it's a leap year, 
That'll be March 1st. All right. That's it. That's the show. Have a good evening. Thank you.